The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And welcome to another rambunctious episode of Bring Your Soul to Work. This is career coach Mo Fall. You can find me at mofall.com. You can follow me on Facebook at Coach Mo Fall and find me everywhere on social media. I am very interested in today's topic for the purpose that most women who I work with, this is a big, big problem. And that is the problem of, do I have to work hard to succeed? Now, make no mistake about it. Women work hard. Usually they hold down two full-time plus jobs, their job in their work and their job at home. And there's been so many studies on this and so much written about it that I don't want to repeat all of that. What I want to do today is lay down the groundwork of why holding this thought can be the most limiting of all of the things that we hold to be true about work. Just this week when I was working with my Kick-Ass Leadership Academy, this is an eight-week accelerator program that some of my clients choose to do after their first 12-week transformational work where we help them bring their soul back to life and land their dream job. Some of those dream jobs are in leadership and some of the same problems that have occurred in their career or in job to job show up when they land a job that's a leadership role. Or They're in a role where they want to be seen as a leader. They want to be seen as someone who can make a difference and be an influencer. All the work I do is a combination of spiritual mastery and great career strategy. For over 25 years, I was a executive leader in the healthcare industry, and I had careers in the hospital administrative area, in the physician practice areas, in hospital-based physician practices, I know a thing or two about navigating difficult work environments, and I know all about navigating corporate environments. And all of the things I've learned in my executive career, playing at the highest levels in publicly traded companies, playing at the highest levels in national companies taught me a thing or two 
And when I'm coaching my clients, whether it be in the Leadership Academy or in my kick-ass workshop, I'm able to bring such depth of experience to all of their problems. But what is really impactful is when we combine that with the best soulful spiritual work as well. Because I realized in my life, I was a very spiritual questing person. As a matter of fact, I've been a subscriber to the Daily Word since I was a college graduate, which is 37 years. So um, yes, it used to come in a little pamphlet one month at a time, and then they got smart and started doing two months at a time, and now we get it digitally as well. And if you haven't seen the um, Unity Magazine, I strongly encourage you to subscribe to the Unity Magazine as well. It's a really, really rich and very nice magazine, rich with content, uh, spiritual experts, and a lot of great inspiration. I have been on a spiritual quest since I was in college. Actually, probably since I was a little girl growing up Catholic. But as I got into college, and I went to a Catholic college, I was searching for something deeper. I was searching for something that was going to make life meaningful. I was searching for answers. And I read and studied nearly every religious and spiritual practice out there. And I loved doing that. When I would be reading a book about a spiritual practice or from one of the big spiritual authors, I'd feel elevated and awesome. I would feel that I was connected to the unified field and to my divine source and to God and, and that it was a wonderful, wonderful place to be while I was reading the book. And then on Monday morning, having to put on my suit and my pumps and climb into my car and drive to work, I felt like I was having to be someone else year after year. And I was good at work. I was. I knew exactly how to get stuff done. I held my own. But let's face it, I was a woman. I was a nurse in a doctor-heavy healthcare environment. At the time, most of the doctors were males. And often I was the only woman in the room. And I faced many of the things that women talk about in the work world, uh, not being heard, uh, being spoken to like I didn't know anything, being ignored, not being considered for certain key roles, sexual harassment, marginalized, etc. Yep. Check off all the boxes. I started in the work world in 1983 as a nurse. And when I was a nurse in the cardiac care unit at University of Pittsburgh Hospital, we were told as young nurses that when we were sitting in a chair doing our charting or looking at the cardiac monitor and pulling up the cardiac strips to document the patient's heart, rhythm, heart rhythms, that if a doctor came into that nursing station, we were to stand up and get out of our chair for the doctor. I know. This was in the 1980s. I know. I know what you're thinking. 
You don't sound that old, Mo. <laughs> so I learned at a very young age who I was and I was put in my place. And so I spent most of my career trying to find my place. I've always been a little bit bold, a little bit active, a quick thinker, fast to come to conclusions. When I was in high school and college, I used to help people with their homework because I just, I just tended to get things quickly. And um, that didn't really work out quite well as a nurse and it didn't work out well as a young junior executive. Um, at certain points, of the organizational chart they don't really want to know what you know they don't really want your opinion just do your work and let us smart guys run things that was probably the first five to ten years of my career and i can be remember being told to stop talking or not contribute as much i was shut down and 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 pushed down and all that sort of thing for a good part of my career. And I can remember even one time we were at a, uh, this was later in my career, the last 10 years or so of my career. So I guess it's like in thirds, the first third, the second third, and the, the final third. So in the, in the final trimester of my career, um, I was told by one of the physician leaders that I talked too much at a physician meeting where we were describing how good we were with what we did so we could convince this physician group to join our company. And I knew a lot about what we were doing well. So I was sharing it because I thought that was a good idea for bringing them on board and helping them see how we did a good job with things. So I know what it feels like to be pushed to the sidelines over and over again. It doesn't feel good. So it's really easy when you have that experience to be convinced that if you want to get ahead and succeed at a higher level, you have to work harder or do something different, or maybe it's not even worth it because you're sick and tired of getting pushed aside and whatever way you're doing things isn't working. And this is why I now do the work I do, because in the final 10 years of my career, I figured out a lot of key aspects to what made people successful and what stopped certain people from being successful. And you may, as a spiritual listener to Unity Radio, being thinking to yourself, well, I don't need to be successful because I hear this a lot from the women we talk to on our complimentary career clarity calls. I even hear it from the clients who join our 12-week transformational workshop. I don't need that level of success. Okay. Here's, here's the thing, though. If you're living in the physical world, which if you're listening to this radio show, you are, you need to pay your bills. You need to have transportation. You need groceries. You need a computer in this day and age and a nice fast one. It's really a lot of fun. It's better than one that's 10 years old and crawling. High-speed internet, streaming services, clothes, you know, stuff. You need stuff. Now, maybe you don't need all the stuff that you want. That's kind of fun to have as much as you want. I believe that our divine creator wants us to be happy and prosperous. So if you convince yourself that success isn't important, you are not going to have it. 
If you convince yourself that money's not important, you're not going to have it. And your rational brain can come up with a million reasons why it's better not to have success and why it's better not to have money. You can, and I've heard them all. For some reason in my heart and in my soul and in my desires in life, I always had this sense of wanting more, wanting to work at the next highest level, wanting to make more money, wanting to have a cooler car, a better house, better vacations. You know, I like that kind of stuff. Save more money, have a bigger retirement account. I like that. It feels good. And if you really don't think it does feel good, I think there might be something you might want to look at because it does feel good. Maybe you've gotten used to not having it, so you're judging others, or maybe you're not used to having it, so you're thinking that you really don't need it, but it does feel good. It feels good to go to the grocery store and not have to worry about how much the grocery bill was. It does. So I had a very prosperous, successful career. I wanted it. And what I learned along the way is what was necessary to be successful. And one of the things I tell my ladies all the time is when you get higher up the level of success, you don't work as hard. And if you haven't tasted that level of success, you might be thinking that I'm a liar or I don't know what I'm talking about, etc. Now here's the dilemma. In my Leadership Academy uh, Monday night, I showed a video of an interview with a fabulous, smart, successful woman named Indra Nui. She was the CEO of PepsiCo for 12 years, one of the longest reigning CEOs of her time. Um, 12 years as a CEO of a top Fortune 50 or top Fortune 100 companies. 12 years is a long time to be on top of a big company like that. And she worked her way up. And she talked about in this particular interview how sometimes she would bring her kids to, to the office if she was working late or how she would leave work and go take care of a kid with a problem at a school or this or that. Um, in another interview that I've seen of her, she talked about how when she came home from work, her husband told her to take off her crown. <laughs> I think that's funny. And so some of my Kick-Ass Leadership Academy clients said, you know, I don't want to work that hard. Okay, you don't have to be the CEO of a Fortune 100 company. That's like the upper point zero 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 one percent echelon of career. And if you're going to be the CEO of a publicly traded global company, you're going to have to work a little bit hard. But here's the thing. At that level, you're not churning and burning to work hard. It just takes time. And you have to be traveling and going global and doing things and being on conference calls. But you're at that point not pushing against it. You see, the thing is that so many women I work with, they've been pushing against and resisting against working hard, that the thought of working harder hurts because their nervous system is wired toward hurt. Success equals hurt. Working hard equals hurt. The higher up I climbed in my career, the less hard I worked. Seriously. 
And most women I talk to who are at that level, sure, you got to do stuff. And sometimes you got to do stuff that carves into the weekend or the evenings, but you're not grinding it out. You're not pressurized to do it. You're, you're, you're at an empowered level. And so it's, it's part of the flow of your life. And, and look, as the CEO of PepsiCo, Indra Nui, had all of the support structures both under her in her team at the company and at home. When you're making several million dollars a year, you have support structures. You have people who go grocery shopping. You have people who clean your home. You have help taking care of your kids. You have people who book your vacations for you. I mean, that's what goes on there. So the stresses that a lot of women feel with running their two full-time jobs begin to be easier with the higher levels of success. And you may know people who don't do it that way. You may know people who are at a higher level than you and they work their ass off burning themselves out and complaining about it all along the way. Please give them my number. Please tell them to book a clarity call at mofall.com slash give me clarity because they're doing it the wrong way. Success does not mean burnout city, but it can, and a lot of people do it that way. It doesn't mean that that's the, the way to do it. It doesn't mean it's the answer. It doesn't mean that that's the way you do it when you bring your soul's vibration up. Just because other people are struggling and pushing the biggest boulder up the hill the wrong way doesn't mean that that's what it needs to look like. It just means that most people probably don't have a better solution. So they're grinding it out like work is in the industrial age where you show up and punch a clock and go to the factory and work hard. And yes, there are people who have those jobs, but I'm talking about professional women. I'm talking about people with educations who are working the knowledge industry, who are working in the 21st century of knowledge and technology. Yes, there are jobs in factories that you have to punch in and, and work hard. Yes, there are jobs that people work with their physical bodies. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about moving a professional career forward into higher levels of impact and influence. And as a matter of fact, all the spiritual work that we do with our clients is not the full package. Because like I said, when I was working on my career and doing the work spiritually, I felt great, but I felt that I wasn't translating it into my career success until the last 10 years when I figured out how to pull it together, how to pull the spiritual, vibrating, awesome sense of self and connection and to bring my divine energy and guidance system to work rather than leaving it at home on the bedside stand or at a conference or retreat that I may have gone to. Because those things felt great. But when I poured myself into my corporate identity, it was lost. And that's why I'm so passionate about the work I do now, because I am really excited about the fact that I have this secret formula of how to pull the best spiritual practice together with the best outcomes in the real world. And there's a transcending ladder of spiritual development. There's different layers and levels of it. 
And most of the women who we talk to on the clarity calls are in their intellects and they're trying to do things the hard way and they're spinning their wheels. I spoke to a beautiful woman yesterday who is uh, anticipating a potential job move across the country. And when I asked her the specifics, my heart got sad because she was contemplating a move across the country for a 10% increase. And the job title was actually a lower title. But the upbeat was that they were promising her that there was growth there. Master's level. I, I, I don't want a human being to make that type of career move when there's so much more that she could be doing in her next career move. She could be up leveling 30 to 40% increase in her pay, title increase, and feeling awesome rather than feeling like she's settling for something just to get away from where she is. And I see this all the time, thousands of times a year, where women will make a career decision that is either a lateral move or a downgrade just to get out of where they are because they don't know how to do it any other way. And frankly, many of the women we work with have not had great role models or a champion who's helped them see something different or believed in them to a level that allows them to see how big they are and what they bring to the table. I'm built in such a way that I can see people's brilliance. And because I had a magnificent career, I know how to make it happen. Look, I can't get anyone a master's degree or make them a, get a better engineer or a better attorney. I can't make people better at their work, at, their, at what their knowledge is. But I can certainly show them the way to bring their soul's vibration back up and to pair that up with how to be better in the career, how to make positive big career moves that are worth something how to get the negative beliefs out of the way. Because one of the biggest negative beliefs is that to have that level of success, Mo, I'm going to have to work harder and I don't want to do that. And to which I usually say, you're working your butt off now. There is a better way. There is a better way. But most people don't have that guidebook. You know, the AAA used to give these uh, perforated travel log, travel planners. I don't forget the exact name that they used to have them. But if you went to them and said, I'm going to drive from Pittsburgh to Hilton Head, South Carolina, they would pull all of the maps that you would need on the way and uh, put it into like a spiral bound plastic thing so that each page was like an hour of roadway and they would highlight and this and that and there'd be some highlights as to the rest stops or the hotels or the attractions that were along the way. And so if you were driving from like St. from, from uh, Pittsburgh down to Hilton head, there might be some nice stops that you might make that they would put in the travel thing and you'd have all these nice pages. So Pittsburgh to Hilton head might be like 12 hours, something like that. And so you might have this 12 page booklet that would have sections of the roadway and then the things to stop and see along the way. And it was really cool. And so I was a, 
member of the AAA when I was younger, before we had the internet and before we had other resources for this type of thing. And I'd always go to the AAA and sit down there and talk about the trip. And, and then they would pull these guidebooks from the certain sections. So they would have, oh yes, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Here's the travelogue in the book and here's the hotels. And we'd recommend this hotel in that hotel. So you'd have all of this great roadmap and you'd have all of the sites to see along the way. And then they'd give you this nice thick book of even more attractions and the best hotels and the places that they would recommend. And there was a, a section for restaurants as well. And so you'd plan your trip and you'd have this wonderful information and all for, I don't know, $99 a year, you'd have this wonderful AAA stuff. And that was great. So I never went on a trip without having all of that great information where to go, where the roads are. And, you know, they also had all the updates about where the construction was. So when you're passing through South Pennsylvania into North Carolina or whatever, you're going to, or Maryland, you're going to have this construction here for about 30 minutes and it should be okay after that. I mean, they had all this stuff figured out. They knew the information and they plotted it out on these cool books. I know it's so 20th century. I get that right now talking about it, but the metaphor is compelling. This is what I do as a career coach. I help my ladies find their roadmap and I help them highlight their awesomeness and where they're going and where they're headed. And there's going to be construction zone and things to overcome that are along the way. But once we know that, we can help them navigate that stuff. So this particular beautiful woman I spoke to yesterday, she's going to have to navigate the construction zone of seeing herself as a six-figure earner. She's going to have to bring her identity and her soul up to the level where she's educated and experienced. She's got it on the, in the, on the table. She just doesn't know how to use it. So she's downplaying and making a lateral slash downward move. That's like going in the wrong direction. That's like driving to Chicago when you want to go to Hilton Head from Pittsburgh. Like if you head west... When you're going southeast, you're not going to get to your destination. And if no one helps you figure that out, how in the world are you to know? You don't know. And many of our women don't know because no one's given them that road trip thing on how to manage their career. You get an education and you show up at work and you work hard and you have this job and maybe that job, and like 20 years later, things just don't seem to be panning out for you. The number one reason why women don't move ahead in their careers is the first management move. I'll talk more about that in the second half. Be right back. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. 
and we are back to bringing your soul back to life. Uh, cliffhanger. So here's here's where we are with success and working hard. They don't have to go together. Here's where we are with the evidence in the world. Yeah, a lot of people make it go together because they don't have another way. As I constructed my career, I was able to find the right roadmap for how success and my soul came together in a powerful way to make my life easier. Yeah, easier. And you know what? A lot of us were taught that life is hard and then you die or something along those lines. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to grind it out and hold your breath to the weekend and hold your breath to the vacations and hold your breath to retirement. Uh, we speak to so many women every single week, every single month. We speak to over 300 women every month, uh, up to 400. And we hear every single story. Sometimes women are holding their breath to retirement. Well, I only have 12 more years. 12 more years. Good gracious, that's not, that's not hold your breath territory. Hold your breath territory is maybe 12 days. Um, you may not know that it's possible for you to love your work, love yourself, and make good money. I am not projecting a get-rich scheme. I am not saying that it's you just do nothing and it can happen. I know exactly how to help our clients leverage the law of attraction and all of the spiritual science that we have available to us from some of the many, many great writers and authors and speakers over the, over the years, over the decades, over the centuries. It's great to feel good. It's great to be connected to God. It's great to have your divine presence. It's all fantastic. But if you're miserable in your work, it's not congruent. And frankly, I don't believe that you can truly be spiritually evolved or spiritually aligned with your greatest, highest good and with your divine creator and be miserable. For that much, you can't really be navigating the world in a negative manner and be connected to your spiritual center. So you got to get right with those two pieces in order to have success feel good. And you've got to get past your negative beliefs about what success means. And if you're committed to the fact that it means working hard, then you're going to be committed to working hard. If you see no other way and have no alternative viewpoint, you're not going to think it's possible. Two years ago, I conducted my annual retreat for my clients in a, a big home in Miami, multi-million dollar home. We had 20 women or so staying at that home. And then we had some extra women who stayed at another home nearby, but they all got to have the retreat experience in this big home. And many of them had not been in a home like that before. It was like a $5 million home, you know, eight, nine bedrooms, huge kitchen, beautiful pool area. It's a gorgeous home. Gorgeous. It gave everyone there the insight as to what is possible 
what it looks like. And when you can see it, when you can visualize it, when you see other women doing certain things, that way you know it's possible for you, which is the beauty of why my workshop is a group event. All the women in my workshop come on coaching calls together. And they hear each other getting coached one-on-one in a group setting. And I have one woman who's graduating this week from the workshop, and she was talking about how when she came into the workshop, she knew she needed help with her career. She was not working to her full strength. She didn't have another way to figure it out. She just was lost and not in her brilliance, and she knew it. And so she started working with us, and she told me uh, Tuesday night that when she began the workshop, she thought to herself, how's this going to work? We're in a group and I'm going to get coached and everyone else is going to get coached. And isn't that going to be weird? And she said her first week, she was listening to the coaching calls and her first coaching experience was great. And she was listening to the other women getting coached at the same time and everything they were getting coached on spoke to her. And she thought, oh, maybe this isn't so bad. So after 12 weeks, she said, Mo, I got so much coaching here because every single woman who got coached helped me. I said, yes, that's exactly why I have it structured that way. Because if I'm coaching you one-on-one, it's just the two of us. There's no other creativity, no other ideas, no other challenges. So when you're in a group setting with great coaching, you're able to see other women get through and carve through their problems. And they may be weeks ahead of you in the process and tackling things that you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have to do that. That's going to be so awesome. Oh, it's so doable. I can do that if she did it. So you start to see what's possible before you're ready for it, which is the beauty of having that type of rich environment. That's why one of the reasons why we have such great success. Because the program that I've designed is set up with all of the top scientific basis of how people gain new skills and success. And every single successful person who has achieved something beyond what they could do on their own has had to have someone who had been there before showing them the way. And when you're in a group of other people successfully handling the same challenges that you have, you're seeing that it's possible and doable, and you're able to assimilate that, and it works really well. If you'd like to talk to us about what we do and how we do it, and we'd love to talk to you about what's going on with your career and what your stumbling blocks are, if we can help you, we'll talk about what that looks like. You can do that by booking your complimentary career clarity call at mofall.com slash give me clarity. We've had a few women in our workshop who've come from this radio show and they have been amazing, awesome clients. And um, they didn't know that they could bring their spirituality into how they work. And most people don't understand and appreciate that. Uh, It's like, I'm going to feel good before work. I'm going to feel good after work. But during work, it's like, uh, no, no, no. I want you to, I want to help you learn how to bring that together. I want to help you understand that success can be fun and easy. I want to help you understand how awesome it feels to speak about how great you are at what you do and how amazing it feels when you see your accomplishments on your resume 
said in the right way, in the right strategic way, so that the technology that is between you and your next employer can help weed you up in the right positions and how your LinkedIn profile, when it's shiny and bright and you're feeling shiny and bright on the inside, that amazing combination is going to help you be seen by recruiters and companies looking for someone just like you. We put all that together because if you just felt awesome using the metaphor of the AAA roadmaps, if you just had a great shiny car, it doesn't give you a roadmap to your trip. You need the bright shiny car and the roadmap to your trip. Because if you're going Pittsburgh to Hilton Head and you drive north, you will never get to Hilton Head. You might find yourself in the Canadian Rockies and it might be lovely there also, but if that's not where you're headed, you're wrong. Okay, so I want to help you get to the right destination for you because so many women that we talk to, thousands by the year, don't know either where they're headed or how to get there. No one has told them, taught them, shown them the way, and that's what we do. But again, the secret to doing that is to remove the barriers. So if you believe that working at a higher level and getting paid more is going to be harder work and you don't want to work any harder, which I understand, you have a limiting belief that is in your way. If you've only seen hardworking people above you who are miserable and have treated you like crap, if that's what you see above you, of course you don't want that job. I understand. But that isn't who you have to be or who you want to be or even who you are. And if you're rejecting greater success because the people you've seen at higher levels are jerks, that's like saying that just because people crash their cars, you shouldn't drive. There's plenty of adults who are doing things that I wouldn't want you to do also. Same thing in the workplace. And when you shine your soul up, you don't have to be that. I'm going to tell you what, I think I had one good boss my entire career. I know. So if anyone who was once my boss is listening to this, maybe it was you. Uh, <laughs> I had one good boss over 30 years. Yeah. But what I vowed every time I had a boss that wasn't good, that when I was a leader, when I moved up, I wasn't going to do that. I vowed to myself to be a different version. I knew that I was awesome. I knew that I brought good stuff to the table. I knew that I cared about people. I wasn't going to have to be like that person. I was just going to be me being a boss, me being a leader. And you know, with all truth, it wasn't always received perfectly well by my bosses. When I was awesome for my people, when I would have meetings to help them learn how to present better, sometimes my bosses didn't understand it. And sometimes that bothered me. But I'll tell you what, the last 10 years of my career, I didn't let it bother me because I knew exactly what I was doing. And I knew that my VPs needed better client relationship skills, I was going to freaking coach them and teach them how to do that. How else were they going to learn? You just can't fire people. You got to 
teach good people how to do things they don't know how to do. And that's what I was committed to in the last 10 years of my career. When you're a leader, it's your obligation to make the people around you better. And that doesn't look like hard work. It looks like living your purpose. It looks like being the awesome version of you. That's why I say the higher up I got, the more I was able to be me and it was easier and I was freer. Because if I was busy cranking out reports at a lower level and doing that kind of work, I couldn't be the awesome version of me living my purpose, helping people. That's why I went into nursing at the beginning of my career was because I liked to help people feel better. I like to do stuff to make their lives better. I liked science. I liked to understand how things worked and how the body worked and how to do things that seemed to be almost impossible. Like when I had patients recovering from heart transplants or open heart surgery or heart attacks to help them exercise and become strong again, that seemed like it would be hard to do, but it was my purpose to help build people up. And I loved it. So when we work with our ladies, we help them find their, their avenue of loving it. Because you can be a great accountant and still be living your purpose. It doesn't mean that your purpose is outside of your work. It is woven inside your work. Your purpose is inherently who you are at the soul level. And yes, so many people leave that behind when they go to work. Not my clients. They've done it long enough. And when they come work with me and my team, we use our formula to help them bring their soul back to life and integrate it into their next career move. Higher up, more money, happier. They have a higher level of respect for themselves and their coworkers to them. They have a higher level of compensation a higher level of influence, and they feel awesome. And many of them say, what else you got, Mo? Because this feels pretty darn great. It's an unusual package, but it is the package of the time we're in right now. Every human being on this planet has to learn how to be in touch with their soul to the level that they are bringing it into their daily work their daily lives, not just a concept, not just a prayer book, but to weave it into who you are in the world. And so when you are higher level success, you're not working harder. You are contributing in your purpose. It doesn't have to feel like work. That's an industrial age. That's a 19th century concept. I wish I had a better word than work. Purpose doesn't quite get it because when you're living your purpose, you might think, oh, well, that's the Humane Society and Habitat for Humanity, which those are great jobs there too. Your work is your purpose. And it doesn't have to be nonprofit. Your work as an accountant can be your purpose. Your work as an engineer, as a 
tech professional. Your work that you are skilled and trained and experienced and educated in can absolutely be woven with your soul so that you feel that your work and your purpose and your soul are one whole integrated human being. And it's more fun to work there. And it's more easy to gain higher levels of compensation living that way. You don't have to be a separate, disentangled human being. A little bit over here for the family, a little bit over here for my spirituality. Maybe I'll go to services every now and then. Maybe I'll hang out with this friend who I like, but she's kind of a bitch because she talks about stuff that I don't really like. Maybe a little bit here for my parents, maybe a little bit here for my partner. And you're all over the place. But when we help you pull that all together and you are an integrated, whole, assimilated human being, life is easier and the highest next levels for your contribution in the world of work is so much easier and you want the higher levels because you're like if if someone's going to run this department yeah i'd rather it be me because i'm awesome that's what i want my clients to be thinking and feeling and saying and doing because they're the most awesome people on the planet because they've got their souls back alive they're vibrating in the level of optimism and enthusiasm and positive belief and expectation and eagerness and happiness and passion and freedom and love and clarity and joy and they're in appreciation every single day isn't that who you want to be your boss isn't that who you want to look at in the mirror every morning so take a little inventory of the belief systems that may be fighting against that possibility because you probably have those belief systems integrated into your nervous system into your consciousness they might be integrated into your subconscious which means that you might not even know that they're there but if you take a little time to see what's really holding you back from being successful at the next level or what's holding you back from leaving a position that doesn't feel good or that you've been to for so long. We spoke to a woman uh, yesterday, I believe it is, who was at the same company for 27 years in the same role that she was let go from 18 years. And with all due respect to all of her hard work, she missed out on advancing her career and feeling better about herself and earning better money for her family and her future and herself. But those days are over for her. She's now going to claim another level because we're going to have the opportunity and the honor to work with her and to show her how awesome she is and to bring her back to life and to point her in the direction of leveraging what she really brings to the table in a whole new way. If you've got 20 more years left in your career and you don't make a move right now, or if you stay put or go backwards your next career, you could be sacrificing $400,000 to $800,000 of earnings. Those are big numbers. 
And the math on that is twenty to forty thousand dollars a year for twenty years. And the women who I work with, we're typically getting them that move in their first career move, and then they have the opportunity to even do more. And with all the strategies and the tools and techniques that we share with them in the 12 week transformational journey that they take with us, they're going to have everything they need for their next career move and their next one and their next one. So the earnings and the success and the impact and the outcomes that they're able to have in their career just keep going up. There's no stagnation when you learn how to bring your soul alive. There's no stagnation ever again. And you can't go back to stagnation because the feeling of stagnation is so uh, intolerable. You know, one of the interesting things that keeps us human beings from our greatness is the fact that our brain is so amazing at normalizing pain, at normalizing discomfort, and at normalizing non-performance. We're so good at adapting. It's what made us live for the generations and generations. And those of us who are living today are survivors of the human beings who kept adapting and thriving, adapt and thrive, adapt and thrive, adapt and thrive. Unfortunately, that's largely a biological process. And what happens over the last, I don't know, 100 years or so, is that the biological processes are no longer necessary for some of the living conditions many of us have. We don't need to adapt biologically anymore. We need to now adapt spiritually. And our adaption spiritually is to bring our soul to life and to live in that zone of energy and influence, the unseen zone. But since we're still needing to make a living and live in the three-dimensional world, combining the two is the only way to have a harmonious life because your spiritual needs and your spiritual quest have got to play into what you do daily which includes then how you raise your family or commune with your friends and family or with your partner. You, it's impossible to totally kick ass and bring your soul to work and be a jerk at home. It's impossible. Can't do it. But what most people's lives are is that they're being treated like a jerk at work and they're bringing that stress back to their home. Or they're tolerating being treated that way in both places which is sometimes what we see. And since we work with women, we sometimes see women who are allowing disrespect at both work and home. And if I can help a soul come back alive and grab her respect back and live a more powerful life, which I've done hundreds of times, I humbly say, we've changed the world by releasing one person from the prison of allowing disrespect because the only reason why that happens is because the person being disrespected doesn't feel worthy of something else. And when they begin to feel worthy of something else, they have to have a strategy to change things. Because once you start feeling awesome, 
you're going to change the environment around you because you've changed. And that's why working harder isn't necessary for more success. But you have to transition to that level of vibrational you. And that's what we do. We help our clients transition to a higher vibrational you so that greater success and leveraging your education, expertise, and experience is easier than you've ever, ever done before. And that might sound too good to be true. And so many of our ladies tell us that they feel that it is, but when they graduate from the workshop, they get it. Well, they probably get it within the first week. But by 12 weeks, they understand what we were saying. And they say, you couldn't have possibly said this in a way that's true because it's too good. It feels too awesome. When your soul is back lit up, it feels awesome. If you're wondering how in the heck we do this, I can help you a little bit with that by sending you to my webinar. I have a free webinar that runs regularly. You can catch that at mofall.com slash masterclass. And if you're saying to yourself, you know what, Mo, you sound like a pretty cool person. You've had a big, big career, and it sounds like you know exactly how to help me. Well, if indeed that's true, um, and you're thinking that, which it probably is, it's mofall.com slash give me clarity for you to book your complimentary career clarity call. I am live on Facebook pretty regularly with client stories and also some more discussion like this. If you'd like to follow me on my Facebook page at Coach MoFall, find me over there. I'm very active on Facebook and that's a great platform for sharing spontaneously and I do that all the time. This is your kick-ass career coach. Bring your soul to work, won't you? And learn that success can be easy and fun. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time on Bring Your Soul to Work. This is Coach MoFall, MoFall.com. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.